He'd flown out for a night at the Roaring Boar. He'd flown out for her. I will not panic. So Morgan cared. Maybe. Maybe it was all part of his act. And now he was gone with nothing more than a kiss between them. Most women would thrill to his kiss. He hadn't had to say it. She was just... What? Paranoid? She flipped open the Flannery O'Connor book to A Good Man is Hard to Find. Dark reading, but it seemed to fit both her and Morgan's state, people making decisions with no idea of the tragic consequences they'd set in motion. She settled in, then realized she had reread the same page again and again. The hours dragged. Rick didn't come in. She had no doubt he could find work to keep him out twenty-four-seven if he wanted. He was angry. And maybe his God was as well. She glanced at the Bible near Rick's chair. He had picked it up from the floor and replaced it on the table. But she didn't touch it. She didn't want to know his God. Believing didn't help Morgan. And belonging was unthinkable. She covered her face with her hands and sank into the cushions. Noel? Rick woke her from a doze. Are you ready to go up now? She glanced up the stairs to the open door and imagined how the walls would close in on her. She almost begged to stay down, then swallowed the ache. Yes? She pushed herself up, ignoring the pain and reached for the crutches. His expression softened. I'll get you. He lifted her into his arms. She was too aware of his strength as he carried her up, his muscles, his will, his determination. She couldn't fight that. She couldn't even argue. He set her down gently, then went back for the crutches and leaned them on the wall beside her bed. You'll manage all right in here. He wasn't asking. He was informing. She nodded. I'll be fine. Marta can bring your meals up. Her throat tightened. She hoped he couldn't see how trapped she felt. All right, then. He left her. She searched the room with her eyes. It seemed even more Spartan than before. Plain, serviceable, empty. She straightened her shoulders. She needed nothing more. Chapter 18 Cats! I can't believe I'm seeing cats! Jan's eyes actually shone from her sunken sockets. She'd washed her hair and agreed to wear the dress Michael provided. He could overlook the smell of cigarettes on her breath for the pleasure of her excitement. He didn't tell her that if she let him take care of her, she could see shows like this more often. He would let the experience speak for itself, as only cats might. Jan had loved the soundtrack since she was a little girl, crying when the old cat sang Memories. 
but she usually resisted any attempts on his part to lure her into theaters or museums or anything that smacked of culture. Sometimes Michael wished he hadn't done so well. Then maybe Jan wouldn't have chosen her sad existence for her own identity. But Cats was too big a temptation for her to resist, and if she enjoyed it enough, maybe he could lure her with another. Broadway was magic, and some of the new shows would tickle Jan if she just gave it a try. It had to beat getting high with Bud. He watched her throughout the show, held her hand when she cried through memories. She was so fragile, trying too hard and blowing it badly. Why couldn't she see? She was young enough he could make her over like Eliza Doolittle, introduce her to the new members of the firm. He could increase her life expectancy, her quality of life, a hundredfold. But inside, she didn't trust him. Oh, he was the one she called when her car broke down or she couldn't make rent, but she had never really forgiven him for taking William's offer and leaving her behind. The difference in their ages would have caused a separation at some point, but not so soon as William's position had made it. She'd convinced herself she didn't need him, and what she did now was punish him. She knew her lifestyle hurt him, and she took adverse pleasure in wiping his nose in it. She did it to embarrass him as well, and to keep him from forcing her out of it. He could bodily remove her, lock her up, choose her clothes, her companions, follow William St. Clair's example. Only Jan wasn't compliant, as Noelle had been. Noelle. The evening crashed in on him. It should be Noelle at his side, glittering, drawing all eyes in the theater. He started to sweat, felt it beating on his forehead. It chilled in the air-conditioned auditorium and left him clammy. The show couldn't end soon enough. Jan glanced over as they stood to applaud. That was tight, Michael. Made me glad to live in an alley. That's where life really happens. He wanted to slap her, frustrated at her stupidity. He pushed her out between the seats and gripped her arm through the chandeliered lobby. Ouch! Where's the fire? He loosened his grip. Sorry. I just can't believe I've seen cats. I've loved it so long. I know. He composed his fury. It wasn't really Jan. It was Mother and Noel, and the pressure inside, as if he'd stepped on a mine and one move would blow him to pieces. I used to pretend I was a cat. You know that fire escape from our bedroom window? With a broken ladder? She nodded. But I'd climb up to that little ledge over the handrail. I even meowed, thinking another cat might come visit. It might have been a cute story, except the only cats that might have visited in that neighborhood were likely rabid. Would you like to see another show? She shrugged. I don't care much for shows. Only cats. Want to see it again? She hesitated on that one, then shook her head. Nope. She swung her hips as three black men in tailored suits walked by, then sent them a glance over her shoulder. He didn't tell her they were way out of her league. 
They took the taxi first to Jan's, so he could see her safely in. There was a light inside. Did you leave that on? She shrugged. Probably Bud. She reached for the door. He caught her arm. You don't know? She smiled saucily. Nice of you to be concerned, big brother, but I live here. It's no big deal. Let me get you another place. He hadn't meant to push it tonight, but it was out now. Nothing fancy. Just safe and clean. I like it here. Like I said, it's where life happens. Death happens, too. To punctuate his words, sirens screamed by with lights skidding across the building walls. Death happens everywhere. She pulled open the door and climbed out. Thanks for the show. She walked away, singing, Memories. Four days in her room, and Noelle was climbing the walls. Or would be, if she had the strength. The doctor said her developed dance musculature would help the healing, but not to expect too much. Was it too much to hobble between the bed and the bath? She felt so weak so trapped, and her mind was her enemy, wearing her down worse than broken bones and torn ligaments. She must get strong again. She must. She heard voices in the dining room below, Rick's and two others, the guests from Iowa. They were staying in the third cabin, which she couldn't see from her window. She thought maybe Rick knew them. There seemed to be more camaraderie than usual in their discourse, they had nice voices. The woman laughed a lot, and Rick laughed with her. Noelle hadn't heard him.